Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another week of TV channeling. Together, my co-host Kevin and I take over the world. <laughs> One episode at a time. Yes. Kevin, my dear, how are you? I am doing great, Tachi. How are you on this fine day? Oh, oh! Ladies and gentlemen, apparently I am not chopped liver today. He has asked how I am, and I am about to relish in it. Kevin, I am so good. I am so fine, and partially because you've asked how I am. Usually you don't give too damn, so thank you, sir. Luxuriating it, because it won't be happening anytime soon. Uh, oh, that's exactly why I'm luxuriating it. <laughs> All right, well, today we're not giving you one review, because we care too, too much about you. Today you're getting... Two reviews. Tachi, let them know what shows we're reviewing this week. Today, we are doing ABC's For the People. It's a Shonda Rhimes joint, like the Spike Lee joint. Anyway, and then... Then we are doing NBC's Rise. So, we're definitely doing some network stuff today. All right, because, yeah, some of you people have had issues with us doing too many shows on Netflix and Hulu and alike. So because some of you people are cheap, we're going to actually do a few network shows every now and again. Oh, I'm I'm not blaming them either because oh, I'm oh, well, definitely. right you're up there of, with You're them. one of the people complaining. That, so <laughs> I am sick of that hate mail, Tanji. So that's why we're doing this. Damn, I thought I didn't put my <laughs> Yeah, I have the receipts. I know who's writing to me. All right, Tachi, let's talk about the first show we're going to review uh, today is For the People. It airs mm-hmm. on Tuesdays on ABC. Check your local listings. And if you want to watch the back episodes, because a few episodes have already aired, you can check them out on demand or on Hulu. All right, so um, For the People uh, is about six talented young lawyers working for both the defense and the prosecution, uh, and they are put to the test personally and professionally while handling the most high-profile and high-stake federal cases in the country. So, Tachi, what did you think about the Shonda Rhimes helmed for the people. I keep wanting to call it We the People. We the People, right? <laughs> but it is for the people. It's for the people. Okay, so you know I always have, speaking of for the people, we the people, you know I always have a preamble. So I love the fact that Shonda feels comfortable reaching into all realms of work life. If you notice, all of her shows have to deal with the workplace in some way, shape, or form, or deal with uh, professions. So I love the fact that she delves into it. It this was, So this is another law show, because you could say How to Get Away with Murder is, it's kind of a law show, but it's more about murder. Oh, way, <laughs> way more about murder. So the, here in the, this uh, group of lawyers, it uh, the law and the cases take center stage. And it kind of has, so it's kind of like a, a think of, it's a kind of unlike, no, it's not even unlike. It is what Shonda Rhimes does, because if you look at Scandal and they have different cases and different individuals that they deal with on uh, from show to show, there's a new show, every, a new case every show for Scandal, case, quote unquote, or, or new situation. But uh, this is kind of the same, but it kind of reminds me of, uh, of an SVU 
in, in a sense. Yeah, a procedural. It, exactly, it's a procedural. So she does procedurals, but she there's always some kind of twist where it's not straight procedural. This is straight procedural. It um, kind of like it. It really mirrors Grey's Anatomy. It's like a law, Grey's Anatomy for law. Think about that. Oh my God! Not only did I think about it, I actually wrote a note to myself <laughs> about oh, the fact oh, oh. about the fact that basically, uh, great, it's it's basically like the Grey's Anatomy surgeons traded in their surgical scrubs for suits and briefcases. That's exactly what it's like. So let's just cut to the chase. Yeah, uh, cut to the chase. Because there is a scene. The, the there's a central to the series is a friendship between uh, Sandra uh, or Sandra and allison Mm -hmm. and there's a scene where the two of them are laying in bed together after an incredibly rough day they are not lovers they are friends so um they're just hanging out uh in bed kind of commiserating about the the rough day and um at one point um allison tells uh sandra uh or sandra uh she believes in her and i was totally getting a meredith and christina uh early early seasons of Grey's anatomy vibe and i absolutely loved it and in another scene um uh after yet another long day apparently there's a lot of long rough days when you're when you're working in that uh field um the two uh the the two of the uh ladies are sharing uh a bowl of cereal with two spoons uh okay well, i have to say this now i can share a pint of ice cream with somebody no problem but i have never had a friend or relative or significant other that I have been close enough to to share a bowl of cereal. First that of has all, never happened. First of all, I'm not sharing ice cream, cereal. What? Look, we could share, <laughs> but you get your own bowl and you get your own spoon. We are not sharing. I no. No, that's how stuff spreads. No. Uh, okay, apparently, Tachi, we are not going to have a Shonda Rhimes type show where we're cuddling in bed, commiserating about our rough days. <laughs> oh, no, we could commiserate about rough days, but if you insist on eating the ice cream by yourself, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not partaking in it. We can lay up all day, and I could put my, my head on your ankles, Kevin, but I am not eating in the same container of ice cream that you do. I'm not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, a, a little announcement. I'm looking for a new co-host for TV <laughs> channeling. Please submit your uh <laughs> Please your be resume. okay with swapping germs and eating. Uh, <laughs> if you're cool with sharing a pint of ice cream, but have a problem with, but you think sharing a bowl of cereal is a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> because somehow can... ice cream is cleaner when you do that. Because it's... The the uh, the uh, the freezing kills any germs. The the uh, <laughs> it's got ice and cream. The ice kind of kills any kind of germs. Whereas the milk, the germs are all like hell's yeah. They'll come on in. The water's fine. You so do that's know that why ice it's a cream significant is, difference. You do know that ice cream is made with milk, Kevin. Yeah, yes. but it's in a frozen state, and the uh-huh. germs are all like, I can't deal with this iciness. They don't have little coats on, Touchy. Now, okay, here's the thing. I, 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 let me be clear. 
It's not like I have never shared, like I've shared dessert, you know, people are like, oh, let's split a dessert. But guess what? You take that knife, you cut it, <laughs> you eat your side and I eat mine. We are not even going to come cook because then that's a whole waste of chocolate cake because it comes to the point where both of you have eaten and who's going to eat it? Not me, but that's a waste of money. So well, again, that's why it. you are not going to be a Shonda Rhimes heroine or a Shonda Rhimes heroine's best friend. Exactly. I don't even do that with my boyfriend. Exactly. That's what I said. Or even significant others. No. Nope. <laughs> well, nope. I, you know, now see, uh, unlike you, I can do a pint of ice cream. I've, and initially I was squeamish, but I've had that happen where I have a pint of ice cream. Somebody wanders over and they're all like, just let me get a spoon. And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know what? No, sir. It, but you know what? It's kind of, it's, it's after the first time, it's the first time is scary. You're really nervous. <laughs> and then when you find that you don't die after it, you're just like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. But cereal is where I draw the line. Because I'm very particular about cereal. I have a very weird ritual when it comes to cereal. Like, people normally get a bowl and they pour a bunch of cereal in it and then pour milk all over it. Which I think is lunacy. You pour milk in the bowl, then you pour a little bit of cereal on top. Then you eat that cereal before it gets all soggy and repeat process until all milk is gone. What kind of sorcery is that? (laughs) (laughs) All the rest of you people are eating cereal incorrectly. Now, here's the thing. They did. I know we're going off on a tangent, but since you brought up cereal, and I am a cereal aficionado, why? Because I love TV. TV and cereal go together. Oh my so, God, they so do. They do, right, TV twin? So here's the thing. They said, I was watching some food show, and they said, you are not really supposed to put the cereal in the bowl and then pour milk over it. That just uh, makes cereal get soggier. You're actually exactly. supposed to, um, no, no, no. You're well, about, they, no, you're, I no, said that you're supposed to pour this. They did say this. They you're said pour, to pour the milk on the side. On, on the, the side, right. So that at least, you know, you have the ones on the top stay crunchy. And so you still have that crunch there. That's what Yeah, it you is. have they that. So the idea is that you have dynamic, you have a bunch of different textures. But I still think, uh, personally, all of you are doing it wrong. I feel like the first person to boldly say, you know what, you guys? The world is not flat. And I'm I'm probably going to receive all the kind of derision and religious groups will come out against me just like happened like just like it went down before. But I am secure in the fact that I'm eating cereal the correct way and all the rest of you weirdos are eating it wrong. The views expressed by Kevin Omalona are <laughs> the views of TV channel. <laughs> All right. Oh wait, isn't this a review show? So anyway, so back it is <laughs> back to this we is, the sorry. This is serial. This is serial channel channeling with Tanchi and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Fruit Loops. Anyway, so we're supposed Are to be there, talking is about. There, for is there the any people. fruit in Fruit Loops? None, none whatsoever. Well, doesn't but you know? Get... In fact, don't they actually spell fruit with like two O's or something? Just, just like because apparently somebody actually sued about that, and they're that like, "That is a good question." That there I'm is going to look it up. Zero fruit in Fruit Loops. I'm going to look it up now. You will get fruit if you buy the organic version from the health food store of Fruit Loops. They use real fruit juice and stuff there, and, it'll, then... it'll, and it contains like one fifth of one percent of real fruit juice. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, then you might as well eat peaches. I mean, well, exactly. No, that's, what, that's when they use. I love when they when you get something and it has, uses terminology like uh, contains, you know, real fruit, but it gives you no percentages or anything. Just it has some real something in it. So, oh, okay. You're not going to give us any kind of vague idea how much of this is real fruit. Thanks for listening to serial channeling. Now back to TV channeling. <laughs> now back to TV channeling. So wait, but, but, but the, that whole thing being said that they're basically giving us the kind of friendship at the core of the show. It's about the friendship of these two women. There's other characters that are in this. <laughs> but as far as I was <laughs> oh, yeah, concerned, them. <laughs> those other people off to the side, they're, they're, they're basically, okay, the, the friendship between the two main, these two women, they are Beyonce. All the rest of them are the uh, and the rest that are <laughs> that could easily be dispatched. No, you know what? No, I think I have to disagree with you there. I think that all of the characters are integral because remember, this is still new. They are building a building, just kind of like they did with Grey's Anatomy. Each character um, adds something particular and unique and I'm convinced that there are going to be storylines surrounding and they have already started to hint at that but yeah the the friendship between those two is is a key thing I mean they even end up living together because of the fact so okay um she lives uh what's her name Sandra or Sandra I don't know how she says it exactly I keep getting I keep going back and forth on it so I'm just gonna say Sandra let me know if I'm wrong uh fans anyway all two of you so um, Sandra or Sandra actually lives in the fantastic Upper East Side. Is it the Upper East Side? Yeah, or I believe West Side? so. I, 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 you know, upper West Side. I think side, she's, yeah. she's either Upper East Side or Upper West Side, which is fantastic. I love the Upper West Side. The West Side is my my hangout. Okay, so she lives uh, so either Upper East or Upper West Side in this fantastic apartment, beautiful apartment that it belongs to her parents. And apparently she lives there because, you know, in her estimation, her parents let her live there because she they think she won't be okay on her own. She's a public defender, basically. And all her other siblings, her brothers are, you know, they're doing other types of things. Highfalutin. One is a scientist, like a researcher. I think another one is a doctor. So because she's a public defender, they're like, oh, she's not going to make any money. Let's give her the apartment. So anyway, she was living there with her boyfriend, who was one of the other associates, until they got into an argument. Well, yeah, they actually had it. They were actually on opposite sides of the same case. And yes. so she basically was faced with a dilemma. Does she basically destroy her her boyfriend who's a brand new prosecutor um or does she save her client to me what was interesting was we didn't even discuss the idea that she would basically resign from that case that didn't even come up when they were cuddling in bed <laughs> just like maybe you should resign so that way someone can represent this woman correctly without basically um you know sc screwing over her boo but you know and what? She can't do that. Here's the thing. 
there are going to be times when if you are working in law, there are going to be times like that, unless the two of you are partners in a law firm, (laughs) there are going to be times where that could possibly the case, especially as a new associate. So if every time something a little hairy happens and you have to resign because your boo is the opposing counsel, that does not look good on you and your record as an attorney. So she's new. She has to start off the right way. And her responsibility is to her client. And he should understand. Oh, that no, I agree personal. with that. But it wasn't just the fact that she won. It was the fact that he ended up being suspended. So uh, in in this whole shakedown between the two of them. So it wasn't like he just lost the case. He was suspended. And um, so I could see why that was a huge shakeup. It just seemed weird to me that there wasn't even a discussion. I would even if they would have ultimately come to the decision that you're coming to that, like, you know what you have to do, you have to keep this client. Then it it just felt weird that there wasn't even a discussion about her potentially, you know, uh, having a conflict of interest and in getting some other person because they have switched cases we see in the episodes the the two episodes that we did see that's nothing i didn't say that we watched two episodes of this show that um they wouldn't have some kind of discussion at least about uh when other cases have gotten traded by people just or somebody wanting a case because they think it's it's a bigger higher more high profile case basically behind the scenes uh, working their boss trying to get steal cases from each other so why wouldn't she hand this case off to somebody else one of her colleagues where they could go up against her boyfriend and it not affect any of their you know, sexy sexy time well it affected it now <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yes, that's, yeah that's why that's why her best friend is now in her bed with her because her her boyfriend is very much is past tense very past tense well no i shouldn't say very because something tells me there's going to be some coming back together as you know shonda rhymes does there's going to be something Damn you, Chandra, playing with our hearts. (laughs) Okay, speaking of playing with hearts, there's a situation. I'm trying to remember. Is um, the associate whom I can't stand, Leonard, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. um, Leonardo or Leonardo? Leonardo? It's it's not Leonard. It's L-E-N-A-R-D-O. Leonardo? Is that it? Yeah, Leonardo, like Da Vinci, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, Leonardo. So, but um uh go ahead. What do you have to say about Leonardo? I'm trying to remember. Okay, who's the one and so, forgive me, but this is the way I have to um the, the blackmail associate. What's his name? Is that Leonardo? Leonardo, yeah. Okay, it is Leonardo. Okay, cuz I'm like, okay. Da Vinci. I just I have to Da Vinci. I have to go by um ethnicity now because <laughs> there's something. So, all right. So, Leonardo, he is such a Hmm, how do I say this nicely? You can't. He's he's a diehard. He is take no prisoners. Forget anybody else. I need to succeed at the expense of all others. I can't stand that. And he play, this guy, the um one who plays him is um I think it's uh Roger Jean Page. I think that's I don't know oh, how. Oh, thank he, you so much for attempting to say his name because I wasn't going to dare. <laughs> I have well, never seen so many letters in a person's name ever before. I just his family his family was all like, you know what? Let's just take all the letters of the alphabet, mix them up in a bag, and just take out like seven, I mean, uh, uh, seventeen of them, lay them down, and whatever order they come in, that's our kid's name. 
And let me tell you, I know him from the Roots, the remake of Roots. He okay, played Chicken I thought George. you were going to be like, I know him from, we used to go to the same deli. Because we've already gone through the fact that you have a past with Amorosa, which is, I still, my, my the mind plays boggle. Can I don't even understand how me? that's possible. <laughs> and now, be, because of you, Tachi, with a six degree separation game, I am like two degrees away from Amorosa. <laughs> is insanity i'm sorry <laughs> how could you do this to me i'm sorry <laughs> oh my god and that means that means i'm only three degrees separated from he who shall not be named also known as the comb over in chief oh no not cheeto satan we don't mention his <laughs> name here so let me tell you though he's um there i his name i i don't know how he pronounces it Regi, uh, i'm not Regi even sure he knows Jean how to pronounce Page. that name well he is british zimbabwean so here is another actor who is british that stealing our american jumps well you know what <laughs> well perhaps we don't do them that well and it also well, you shows know what? The... I, we need to we need to move to britain or australia and start stealing their jobs too we don't get the accent down the way they do the simplistic american accent crikey so, but he's actually not crikey <laughs> he's actually he was born in zimbabwe and then moved to london at the age of 14 so i'm like he reminds me it's that same thing like you know kush Jumbo from um, the uh, Good, the good fight. fight, right? She is Nigerian British, so it, it, there's this whole wave of young um, Africans and um, children of Africans that are coming into Hollywood that I absolutely love because I'm African. Well, so, I am not cool with it, and I'm I'm either moving to Australia or I'm moving somewhere in Africa and starring on one of their nighttime soaps. Oh, you'd love it. Since you love soap so much. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I want, it's about time we stole some of their gems. You know what? <laughs> Take that Hemsworth, brothers. The views expressed by Kevin Nomalone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of Leonardo, um, I, there was a scene um, with his mother that I absolutely loved. Um, it's it's basically he invites her to, uh, to go to lunch with him, and um, his mother is pl uh, is actually plays Senator Knox, and so um, it's his mother is played by uh, Anna Marie Johnson. For those of you who are TV fans, you oh, yeah. know. Anne, her and love Anne her. Marie. Anne Marie? Okay. Yeah. I, was, I want to make her Anna. Okay. Anne Marie Johnson. Absolutely love her from like in the heat of the night back in yes. the day. Yes. Anyway, and um, if you want to go even further back, what's happening now? The one has yes. been around for a while. She so, was Roger's wife. Yes. Anyway, so, um, which anyway was an act of weird TV fantasy that he would never be able to nail her. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> That's the magic of television. <laughs> you know what? Stop it. Stop it. I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she like the uh, president of SAG-AFTRA for a while, too? I think that she may have been. Yeah, I think so. So she's been in the game for quite some time. So anyway, he brings his mother, Anna Marie Johnson, who was actually a senator, to work to impress his boss. Uh, and um, after accidentally bumping into his boss with his mother, um, uh uh, she says, you told me you just wanted uh, to show me where you work, not parade me around in front of your boss. And he, he says to her, he needed uh, he needs to know uh, that I can be an asset around here. And 
and uh, that I might have a few power moves up my sleeves, uh, too. And her response to that was, oh, baby, calling your mommy is never a power move. I right? just thought that was so good. I don't know. We've only seen the first two episodes. I don't know if uh, Anne-Marie, even though she should be named Anna-Marie, <laughs> Anne-Marie is going to be a semi-regular or whatever, but please, Shonda, this woman, that line alone, she needs to be back. Yes, no, that line, I was like, welp, she told you. I don't understand what, and he's the type of person that, you know, that, that strikes me. I always like to go into a character's past, even though they don't necessarily bring it out or it may not come out or maybe later it will. He strikes me as a type of individual that has always done this his entire life, leveraged his connections to his mother or father or whatever to let people know I am someone stems from some insecurities, which I'm sure we will find out about later in the series. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely a lot there. A, a a lot of the characters seem really complicated and um have some there's a lot of rich story ground to be laid even though I still feel like there's a primary the primary friendship is is to me going to be the thing that would would uh, potentially bring me back. Oh, okay. Okay. Um yeah, no, that's nice. But I like the other characters too. Like, okay, now why can't I remember her name? The um one associate that told uh, the other uh one when they were um about he said, "Haven't you ever made a mistake in all your life?" And la 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 la. And and she said, "You could be a good lawyer. You just don't try." I died laughing. Oh, that was yeah, that was so excellent. No, she they they gave her a couple lines like that where you think that she's about to say something nice to somebody, and then it and, oh it, it goes you know it goes pear shaped very quickly. Did you say pear shaped? I'm preparing for my British roles. Thank you very much. I'm okay, ste- I'm stealing some British and and Australian jobs. There you go. Donkey's years. That's another one you can take. <laughs> anyway, so I, there was something about her character that is so is so needed. This uh, this competent OCD, uh, deeply flawed individual, but brilliant. And I especially oh, but, 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 but when in the very first scene we see her in, some guy comes in to ask her a question, and so she says, like you know, before I answer this, you know, I refuse to be uh, the one person, uh, the woman in the office that every man comes to to get information that they're too lazy to look up themselves. Yes. Did you try to find this information yourself? And he, and he just like, like, um, okay, bye. And he just like walks out of her office. <laughs> so yeah, she is, she's very different. She's taking no prisoners. I'm looking forward to getting some of, uh, so far we've gotten zero information about who she is as a person or her background. So I'm curious to find out. Well, uh, no, what no. her romantic background is like. Okay, what did you oh, learn? Romantic, I... romantic background, yes. No, we don't know anything about that yet. But we did know, remember the fact that um, she, this whole uh, thing between she and, um, what's the name? That, uh, yeah, I'm really good with names today for some reason. <laughs> and she told that story about how, because of one individual, they did not go to get to, they did not get to go visit the Capitol because of one individual. Remember that story she was telling? Did she tell that to Leonardo? She, um, 
Yeah, I think no, 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 no. It wasn't. No, Leonardo. okay. Well, you that mean when was. They were, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. When they were, when they're in front, when they're sitting there waiting for their first day, they're out in the hallway waiting, and and this other guy has like a taco, and she tells him that you're not supposed to, you can't eat in here. There was a sign outside. No, 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 no. That was um um. This was this like this the second episode. So when she when uh the guy the taco associate when, <laughs> when this is the one that he she told you could be a good lawyer you just don't try. She was he she was like I she basically said well I like to play by the rules and that's why she and the it came out the reason that she was so stark and staunch about things is because this you know that one time where every because of this one thing that this one uh, boy in her class did, none of them got to go on the trip to the Capitol. And and at, I don't know if you remember, but at the end, she was building that Lego thing and it was of the Capitol. So it seems like she's always had this obsession with going because she was prevented that one time from going. So this is why she plays by the rules because, you know, that one time and she, so she refuses to let anybody else stop her from doing whatever. So that one story was really telling as to her personality and why she is the way she is. Interesting. Yeah. You don't sound interested, but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound interested in the least, but I think. Well, it is. I already told you. I consider her and a lot of the other characters to be and the rest. So <laughs> they are not and the rest. They are part of the. That is like look. So if if we're talking about why am I wanting to call her Meredith? If we're talking about Sandra and um, Allison, right? Yeah. If we're talking about Sandra and Allison, if they are chicken soup. And we're talking about them being the chicken. You can't have just chicken soup, uh, chicken and call it chicken soup. You have to have the broth. You have to have the noodles. You need to have the carrots and the celery and the seasonings. All the things that make it a good chicken soup. Okay, Tachi, you're mistaken. Actually, oh. uh, uh, the 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 actual you're right. Meredith is actually uh, Sandra or Sandra, whatever her name is. Sandra uh, is Meredith, and um, and uh, Allison is Christina, mm-hmm. and they are the soup. The other people are the crackers on the side. <laughs> oh, I so disagree, but I will let you have that if you really in your. I mean, they're good world. crackers. There is no denying it. They're delicious crackers. They're not just cheap saltines. These no, are the, they are the good Trader Joe's meat. crackers. They're yes. good, and there's different kinds of crackers, different flavors, and you can have you can put cheese on some of them, spreadable cheese. That's great from Trader Joe's. From also from Trader Joe's, yes. not a sponsor, but we'd love it if you were. We anyway. sure would. <laughs> I would be over the moon because I love Trader Joe's. Anyway, in fact, you could pay us in gift cards, and we'd be like, cool. Look, just give me some of that cheese spread and and so i i just have a couple of items every week i need and i'm good (laughs) oh my god okay anyway pass the jojos but (laughs) anyway (laughs) the point is that um these other characters to me maybe they will become central i'm just saying as of now even the way the first episode ended the first episode ends with the two friends on the brooklyn bridge it was a beautiful shot and it's basically these two friends who've had a really rough time uh, at their first week at this at this at this you know huge new job and they're basically telling each other you know what we're going to be through beer for each other and we're going to get through this 
together and it was just like and and as they were saying that to each other and the camera and goes into like this like you know crane shot all i could think is like we're gonna make it uh uh, give us any chance we'll take it give us us any any rule we'll we'll break break it it. we're gonna make our dreams come Come true true. doing Doing it always there's nothing we won't try <laughs> Never heard the word impossible this, this time. time. There's, there's no, no stopping, stopping us. us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. so yeah, you know what? Squiggy and the rest of the gang are important on Laverne and Shirley, but they weren't Laverne and Shirley. Oh, these people are so not Squiggy and the other. I don't even Lenny and other. Squiggy. Lenny and Squiggy. Yes. They, they are not Lenny and Squiggy. They are, so to me, they are integral. Otherwise, it would just be a show with two of us. So that's boring. You need these people. All right. Anyway. But okay, but I, you know, I will say there are some really great supporting characters on the show that are basically the ones who are the, you know, who are trained. Because these people are basically in training. They're brand new. Correct. And so one of them, I want, I, I, I love this scene uh, with, uh, uh, with Hope Davis, who basically is, you know, the mentor and in charge of all of the, uh, uh, the new public, uh, defenders. And, um, uh, she basically, um, uh, first of all, when I, I say about Hope Davis, that woman couldn't put in a bad performance if she tried. She's that good. But she's talking to, uh, the Meredith of the show, uh, when she's had, uh, a, uh, she loses a case and she says, I told you, you were going to lose. This isn't TV. You don't get a Muslim American kid off, uh, charges, uh, uh, when, when they're charged with trying to blow up the Statue of Liberty. You're, uh, you're going up against the government, the culture, and, uh, the media. Everything and everybody. Um, that moment felt completely grounded in reality. Uh, and the idea that uh, on a lot of shows, you would have somebody who gives like, you know, an incredible, uh, incredibly impassioned summation, uh, defending a, a client who's innocent and that's enough to get them off. It's like, no, um, sometimes innocent people, sometimes good people go to jail and sometimes, uh, guilty people or bad people get off or get set free or found not guilty. And um, it felt very real to have this character get this lesson on, you know, her very first case. No, exactly. I was like, sweetheart, this is not a time to kill. <laughs> you are going to lose. There, And it, it was a really good lesson. And I think that's the thing that I, that I, that the sh- makes the show work because, and this is Shonda Rhimes anyway, rarely does anybody win. People, <laughs> rarely, if, if somebody wins, then that's, you're like, oh, wow. Because I think Shonda does a good job of showing that the world is not fair, that uh, things don't end nicely and prettily like they do in a half hour sitcom, that sometimes stuff just does not work out. So I think she does a fairly good job, as good of a job you can do on a television drama that's fake, of, of conveying this. I also like the fact that there are, that this show is about millennials, that these are millennials that are, you know, recent graduates, they're new associates, they're trying to 
find their way and feel their way in the world of um, of law. I really like that because it's it's real. This is what uh, grad school, grad school, law school grads are going through right now. They may be in New York City, although many of them may not be in New York, but they're in like one of the greatest cities in the world and trying to make it. And although most people don't get to live in fabulous apartments like Sandra. And well, I'm glad, I'm glad that because okay, TV is often guilty of having people live way beyond their means, realistically, the places that people live on TV. But at least in this, they point out that this 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 is her parents' apart fabulous apartment. That's the reason why she has it, and that's the why her and her incredibly cute friend, while while you have these two young girls living in this fabulous apartment, and they're both public defenders. Oh yeah, because otherwise they'd be living across the street from Yankee Stadium. <laughs> they'd be living under Yankee Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and and happy to get it they'd be thrilled that they got that place under the stadium <laughs> i know now, right another heavy hitter on the show we can't, that can't uh that, that needs to be mentioned is anna devere smith she's on the show she gives the the show so much gravitas and when she has these lines that she says to these kids because they are they seem like kids especially the way they're they're played and the way that the world they're in it just you can you can feel like some of them are super confident and like overly confident but i love how there are some scenes the exterior scenes basically show them walking into these incredibly intimidating looking buildings and the angles showing how small they are uh going in there and it's a perfect metaphor of you know going up against the system of david versus goliath kind of thing and um the show to me gets that feeling and gets it right so you know what i think it's time for me to ask the question that people love to hear me ask you all right tachi so when it comes to for the people are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the channel? Oh, I'm going to keep watching. I basically am a stand for Shonda Rhimes anyway, so I was really interested to see this, but this show is actually very good, and I'm going to keep watching. I'm liking it. So I guess I have to ask you, Kevin, are you going yes, to Tachi. keep... Yes, <laughs> <Are you> going... <laughs> So dramatic. Well... <laughs> Clearly, you like soap operas. Are you going to keep watching, or are you going to Dramas. change the channel? <laughs> um, let's see. Will I continue watching this show, written by Shonda Rhimes? I just, I don't think I have any other option when it's a Shonda Rhimes show. Um, if I start watching it, I'm pretty much in. And I have to admit, I was kind of like on the just the idea of this show. I'm thinking, you know, I don't think I want to watch Young Lawyers in Love. But um, one of the things that she did that I thought was smart was she didn't gunk it up initially with a whole bunch of sex. Because I thought it was going to be a bunch of people like, you know, humping on boardroom tables and stuff like that. So far, I'm sure that's coming, but it didn't happen in the first two episodes. So I admire that restraint. I, I'm No, I am so glad because, uh, I mean, who doesn't, you know, appreciate a good scene with people couples exper uh, experiencing and appreciating each other but sometimes it's just too much i'm like okay another sex scene shonda well also okay. you know what with with the me too movement these are these workplace things it's just like where people are sleeping with their bosses and stuff like that 
in 2018 doesn't feel the same as when Grey's premiered in, you know, the early to mid 2000s. It's a very different world. And so it'll be interesting to see how she handles those dynamics. I mean, there is, there was the relationships that we've seen. There's been two relationships on the show with two people. Uh, there was, you know, uh, um, Allison was involved with somebody who's at her same level. And then Hope Davis play somebody who's also she's uh, basically in charge of all of the um public defenders she's having some kind of relationship with the guy who's in charge of all the prosecutors so there again they are equals uh you know as far as their kind of their levels so so far we haven't seen any kind of uh you know goofing around where anybody's some some intern is with a judge or something and we're not going to. The days of that are over. You can't even pretend that that's, you know, the case. It's like, oh, it's just a show. No, you can't do that anymore. So I think every writer is going to be more cognizant and more careful of the way they portray relationships in the workplace. So I think this is reflective of that. So you're going to keep watching, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep watching. So okay. thanks, Shonda. All right. Thank keep you're keeping it sexy, but restrained, restrained sexiness. I like that restrained sexy. All right. So, so, <laughs> so something tells me those uh, legal briefs will be coming off pretty soon. Though. Oh, oh, we know that's happening. <laughs> All right. So next up, we're reviewing uh, the new series Rise that airs Tuesdays on NBC. Check your local listings. And if you want to catch up on it, you can catch on it up on uh, the episodes that have already aired on Hulu or NBC On Demand or the NBC app. Okay. It's a, a working class high school uh, drama department and the students Students come alive under the uh, a passionate teacher and family man whose dedication to the program galvanizes the entire town, and the town actually is in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's and, not it's not Philly. It's um, I is it Stanton? I think it's Stanton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a very it's a small it's a small town, and it's like a it's one of those uh, steel towns that kind of like where the jobs left ages ago, and it's one of those things where everybody's talking about getting out of this town uh so tachi what did you think of nbc's rise so i was skeptical at first as to whether or not i was going to like it because you know i was not i never watched friday night lights this is by the um the same uh creator of Friday Night Lights. And so it just, you know, the whole football thing just did not appeal to me. And you already know how I am about high school uh, stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that didn't appeal to me. And I was like, mm, eh, all right, we'll see. And the fact that it was going to be all of this plus a musical, I was like, eh. All right. High school, <laughs> it, it, this already sounds like a sad version of high school musical uh, uh, d d on depression, a depressed version of high school musical that I don't want to deal with. But, you know, let's watch it and see. I have to say that they have done an amazing job with conveying this angst of the town because it's real. There are so many towns that are like that and especially now that there is this emphasis on 
okay, this emphasis on the working class because of where we are politically and everything now, this emphasis on youth because of the events that just happened with the school shooting. So I think this was extremely timely, not that any of that was planned, obviously, but it's timely. And so we're seeing that there are uh, things that teenagers go through. They're not one-dimensional characters. Uh, so often they make high school students so one-dimensional, and that's why I think that's probably why I'm like, mm, no, thank you. N next, Riverdale. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of one dimensional, uh, as soon as the show uh, starts, we get uh, we get to see these two high school mean girls talking about another girl walking into school saying she's wearing those slutty shorts again, uh, and then the other one says like like mother like daughter. This is exactly why I don't want to live in a small town because there are these grudges that go from generation to generation so there's we soon find out that there's some stuff going on with uh this one girl that um her mother is apparently having an affair with this other girl's father and um she actually ends up confronting her at a pep rally and you know basically uh, calling her mother a slut and just like yeah, this town is too small that like <laughs> like uh, there's only people for our parents to sleep with is 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 each other. Yeah, yeah, members of the PTA, other members of the PTA. I just I that I think that that whole thing is so ill thought. I'm like if you're going to have an affair, can you please drive to the next town over? Thank not that, you. <laughs> Thank not that you. I am in favor of having affairs. I'm just saying it's like a separation of church and state. Okay. Well, exactly. And so when she called her mom a slut, I was just kind of like, yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> your, your mom kind of is a slut. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, mm. but so, one thing I will say, but wasn't cool was that the this girl basically is is calling her mother is so like, well, um, what about your dad? He nobody forced my mother didn't rape your dad. Exactly, it's that double standard again of she's the one that is the uh, has the scarlet letter on her chest, but he gets off scot free. Oh yeah, no, obviously she seduced him. Exactly. Well, she even says like your my, your mother threw herself at my dad, and that's why my mom kicked him out. Just like, well, he did. She may have thrown herself, but he didn't have to catch her. He caught her with both hands <laughs> and his legs. Okay, caught her, and and continues to play catch. Thank you. Exactly. I, I mean, and and I don't. He does not look like prime rib to me. I don't understand. That's the thing with like living in a small town. Sometimes, yeah, the pickings are a lot slimmer. Slimmer, and you think that this is the best you can get. No disrespect. Well, remember, he is the he is the football coach, uh, and, their, and their and their football team means a lot in that town. They oh, care because a that's lot. all they have. That's all they have. So if you look at the metaphor of football, football is huge and. You know what? And it's interesting that they they're doing it up north. The The thing is, in a town like that, where there's not much else in terms of hope, your hopes are to get out of that town through athletics or you have to be, you know, really, really uh, you 
intelligent so that you could get a scholarship to go to college, those types of things. Uh, th- th- that's your ticket out. And like you were saying, everybody's talking about, oh, we got to get out of this one horse town. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that saying, but you know, they're, they're all they're, this thing of trying to get out. So football is everything to them. Football is the world because it represents a ticket out. Yeah. And speaking of that, the uh, one of the main conflicts comes when, oh, well, we have to, we're talking out of order. Let's talk about the, uh, the central thing in the show is this drama department and uh, putting on a play. And um, what what happens is there's this guy, uh, 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 Mr. Wolf, who's uh, not Mr. Wolf. I'm sorry. Ms. Wolf is the current uh, high school's uh, drama department or theater director. And um, basically, she is played by Rosie Perez. And all of a sudden, just this English teacher named uh, Mr. Muzicelli. Yes. Um, basically, he decides that he wants, you know, a change. And so he goes to the principal and says that he wants to basically uh, be in charge of the theater department. I guess having no awareness that there's already somebody who's in charge of that department. And that person is played by Rosie Perez, Ms. Wolf. And she is quickly dispatched uh, and uh, loses her job. And it's so unceremoniously that she wasn't even told. He just shows up. And he has to tell her that she no longer has the job. But what I love is she asked him when they're alone, um, how much are they paying you? And he looks kind of stunned. She goes, you may as well tell me because I find out everything anyway. And so he says $2,000 a year. And so she goes, um, they were paying me $4,000 a year. So, you know, think about that. <laughs> that they, for two thousand, for two thousand, to save $2,000 after they spent $40,000 on new sod for the football field to save $2,000, they let me go. Mm. Which means you too, sir, are expendable. Well, also the fact that, honestly, that you would think that, that they would pay her more. I mean, she's an Oscar-nominated actress, so she kind of deserved <laughs> it. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and here's, a, here's the other thing, though. There, there are all these dynamics, there, even though this is not something they make mention of, and I don't think that this is necessarily the at- intent, but here he comes. It's almost like, who do you think you are? I would be highly offended if somebody came to me and said, oh, well, I'm the new such and such teacher and you, you know, now you're out. How dare you? How dare you? Who do you think you are? So it's like it almost is like at first that Rosie Perez wants to kind of see him fail, but then she gets invested in the story and gets invested in she's already invested in the kids. So. Yeah, it doesn't take. Yeah, it. basically, she they she would pay pretty much do this for free, and so she kind of gets back, but uh, sucked back into it because she was actually putting on a production of Grease, uh, yes. apparently for the umpteenth time of that decade, and so that's when he basically decides to mix things up, and he wants to put on uh, the show Spring Awakening. Which is a super controversial show that that's all about you know teen sex and angst and suicide. So that's that's a big change from Greece. And it's so funny how time changes things because initially Greece was thought of as a very edgy, racy musical. Because I mean, there is the teens are having sex in Greece. 
the uh, there's a pregnancy scare yes there is and there's drinking and driving all kinds of things but now because it's all the 50s are so far away and there's poodle skirts everybody's cool with it but remember greece didn't come out until the 70s so no, but, but i'm saying but, but it takes place in the 50s and i think because of the fact that everybody's wearing poodle skirts and cardigans it makes the it makes a lot of the the elements of the story i think people have less issues with because i mean the whole story is about the fact that the Sandy character is like, you know, is a, is quote unquote a good girl and she doesn't want to be pressured into having sex. And then to keep her boyfriend at the end, she succumbs to said pressure and all of a sudden is dressing like a whore and she gets her man back. And so <laughs> great message to kids. Yes. <laughs> the moral of the story is put out. Anyway. That <laughs> and where spandex helps. Where spandex, spandex helps shiny to hold on to your boyfriend. Spandex. Yes. And off the shoulder shirts and also smoke kids if you're if you're not <laughs> if you're not viewed as a bad girl it helps to smoke it helps it helps dudes a lot. love that they love it no but but i'm i know i get what you're saying in terms of it you know poodle skirts and the uh, fluff of the 50s kind of make the whole message more palatable but again if this this would not have come out in the 50s oh no exactly no it's it was nostalgia it was 20 years after the period but it came out 20 years after so people were finally looking back Everything gets hazy. When people look back uh, and they're like 20 years past being in high school, everything about that gets all hazy and people remember it. it, it those, you know what that happens, Tachi? Those memories become misty and watercolored. <laughs> <laughs> and why was I actually picturing a watercolor painting? Anyway. <laughs> well, that was the way we were, Tachi. Oh, that's another song. <laughs> <laughs> Memories. Barbara Streisand. So anyway, um, what did you think of uh, the fact that they try to mix things up with um, we have uh, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the lead character who is clearly the the English teacher slash now drama teacher after he still steals rosie perez's job we find out that he has a wife he has three kids one of whom is seems to have a drinking problem um and so he has issues then um the uh mr uh mezzicelli um which i wish his name was mr smith well they but call anyway. him mr mazoo yeah, Ms. Okay, yeah, Mr. Mizzou, I love it, because <laughs> they can't pronounce his name either. Mr. Mizzou uh, discovers that uh, once he's working on this production, that this kid who's handling the lights, he actually has a sleeping bag, and he's, like, living in the auditorium. And so he ends up uh, being, uh, you know, at least temporarily, as of episode two, living with uh uh mr mizzou's family making the tense situation with his uh son even more tense yeah i think the thing the whole thing is we we find out that there's this uh this tension because they're they're not alike he and his son are not alike at all and i think that whole drinking problem and everything stems from that from trying to live up to what the what he thinks the father wants him to be so the father is um an artist and that type of thing and it comes out that he's like uh you know i don't like doing this i'm not a guitarist i played the same riff that everybody else played um the same way that everybody else played i this is not me you know i'm not you and so you know we find out that 
there's that. So then when this boy comes to live with them, who is everything probably that <laughs> Mr. Mazu may have wanted in terms in of the son, son's yeah. talents. Yeah. Um, in terms of his talents, there's that point of contention there, you know, because he, he's like, now that you brought, uh, his son even says, now that you brought in this replacement for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> plus he doesn't drink like I do. So it's <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. another plus. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, but here's the thing. Again, it, this is very realistic in ter- well, somewhat realistic in terms of it, because, you know, often it's like they need to find out the root of the problem. Why is he drinking like that? It's not just other kids drink. He has a problem. So why is he drinking like that? Yet nobody has suggested therapy for the family or any of that type of thing like they would in a more um affluent community everybody would well, be in yeah, therapy but, but at one point when he's already he's had a drunk driving accident or it's a question of like if he was either he was either they breathalyze him and see he supposedly didn't have any alcohol in his system but he basically took his parents car in the middle of the night without permission it looks like he took the car to basically go get to get some alcohol someplace. Right. So he clearly has an issue. And at one point it gets so bad where his father actually has to ask the principal. They end up breaking into his locker and they end up finding more alcohol. And so it turns out at that point that the there's question about sending him to some kind of recovery center but the father's like you know we kids gets into this recovery center all the time and they don't seem to get helped and so the the football coach because his son is actually on the football team but he's not like a star he isn't even he's been warming the bench for like two seasons but the coach says he's a good kid and he says let me try to help with help him and there's already tension between mr mizzou and the coach because mr mizzou has been was looking for a lead for his uh musical and when he went goes to the pep rally the star uh player ends up doing a spontaneous you know freestyle rap uh and um wins over the crowd and mr mizzou basically wants him to audition of course he auditions and he's good and so the he ends up being threatened by the coach and i would have said first of all aren't you busy cheating on your wife to be threatening me but um but anyway. he doesn't know that <laughs> oh, but <laughs> everybody else in the school seems to know but anyway um uh so there's a tension there so not only now is mr mizzou's son being now mentored by this guy who was just threatening him uh but now there's a battle over the kind of the 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 a time and the attention of uh this star football player who is going to get his time uh, will it be you know his his musical dreams uh or his 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 singing acting dreams or will it be football and the funny thing is when he discovered him and we have this whole football player who can sing oh was i the only one that was thinking of glee when yeah. watching this because i'm like, no. like this feels okay i feel like we've been here done that yeah no it okay so here's the thing with that it it does it it really does but I mean think about it how many other how deep can you get with high school there are not that many um what you wanted him to be the star of the curling team there's no. not that <laughs> <laughs> Well, they could have at least mixed it up and had him be a baseball, a, a baseball or a basketball player. Like, no, we'll have him be a football player too. I mean, so that felt like been there, done that, and um, I don't know. I just 
It's the idea that, um, I will say I liked the idea that this, this show I thought was going to be a musical because I was basically, uh, after seeing the ads, was comparing it to Glee. I was comparing it to uh, uh, Fame and Smash. But this is really a high school drama that has some, some music. music in it. It, it is definitely not a musical because people just aren't no. bursting into song out of nowhere. They don't like like Glee did. They they would do like about four to five songs per episode. They're just singing so far, still singing the songs from the show, and they're subtly incorporated. They're not they're not hitting you over the head with song after song after mm-mm, song. Mm-mm, no, I think it's brilliantly done. And so here, if I have to compare it, this is what I would do. It feels like a soft empire because obviously there's not all the hard hitting wood, but it feels like a, it has the feel of a soft high school empire together with rent. This is what it feels like to me. That's an interesting combination. It is. (laughs) So who would you say is the cookie lions of this show? You know, that's a good question. I don't know that there's a hard-hitting Cookie Lions. Oh, or you know what? It's Rosie Perez. Is, it's Rosie Perez. <laughs> you know what? That's true. That's true. Rosie is is like a, it has cookie tendencies and has a cookie spirit, though not as callous. <laughs> yeah, not, well, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what she ends up doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's a, I, I feel the glee. I, I see the Friday Night Lights, but I definitely see um, Empire and I see Rent. Okay, now one thing I wanted to talk about now, the show does have like an LGBTQ presence because we have one kid on the show who is, I don't know if you can call him closeted gay or not even aware that he's gay or having I will question- say it. Questioning? I think he's questioning. I think he knows, but because his fa- so he comes from a very devout religious family, and if you ask me, I think the father uh, was going through <laughs> the same thing. I'm just saying. Let's he's let's. Que- he's questioning. He's questioning one. too. Let's be real now. <laughs> let's be real. Okay. All right. I should have. Ca- I, could, I could count on you to go there. I, oh, then, I'm going to go there because I'm like, you really want us to believe that? Come on now. Okay. <laughs> and then we also have a character on the show that is a, a transgendered as well. Yes. Um, a, a, a young, okay, I don't even know how to say this. A, someone a who transitioning, born? someone born female who is now transitioning to male. Thank so you. he's going to be a he will be a transgender man. All right, this is why it pays to have a co-host, people, because I was about <laughs> to step in it. <laughs> no, it's you know it it's it's a whole different, but it's real. It's real, and I'm really glad that they did choose elect to write in a character that is transitioning. Uh, but the that. one thing that hasn't, I don't know if it, we saw the first two episodes, I think it's nice they have this character, and I like the actor who's uh, who's playing him, uh, but there's an issue, I don't, I don't, to me it feels like either they're waiting to have something blow up about this, or it's, if they're not going to deal with this at all, it feels like artificial, because here's the deal. Um, he basically states that he wants to be called Michael and he wants to basically, he was changing like in a broom closet or in some bathroom by himself. He wants to change with the other boys that are in the show. And so basically he just kind of shows up and asks, is it okay if I change with you guys? And they're like, um, okay. And I'm thinking, 
what parents are going to, you know, I understand that you are a boy inside, but you still have a female body. The idea that we're going to have somebody who has, you know, a vagina and everything that goes with it, changing with these high school boys and parents aren't going to be like freaked out by this just feels, I was kind of like, we're not going to, this is nothing's going to, this is just, are they that cool in this town? No, they're not cool at all. I mean, this is why uh, we find out that, uh, uh, what's his name? His, uh, well, his parents, Mr. Devout's parents want to pull him out of that school. Yeah, because he, they, they base he asked for their approval. So he gives them the script to Sp- uh, Spring Awakening and they are not having it because not only did their son not get the lead in the play, but they're having him play a character who is gay and has an on stage, you know, kiss with another boy. And, um, which this kid, he's freaked out by it initially. And then he asks for his parents' permission. And his parents, when they don't give him permission, he's like, I am a member of an acting troupe. I'm going to do this. And when he comes home, they announced him, Oh, by the way, we got you a, a place in a private school. And so that's where things end off on, uh, episode two. Will he, you know, find a way to go back to the school he wants to to be a part of the production? Or are his days on the show rise coming to an end? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so but so it's it's definitely interesting. They they've thrown a lot of stuff into the mix. Um, but one thing that I did want to talk about, is speaking of the whole LGBTQ thing, is the subject of uh, straight washing. Because this show is actually based on a book called Drama High. And in it, it's basically written about the the main character, the, the drama teacher. And it's uh, written by someone, this was basically their experience. And um, it was biographical or autobiographical and basically hit that character was a closeted gay man who is a English teacher and a draft teacher who has a family and he comes out, you mm. know, in the course of this story. And so a lot of people were like, not cool with the fact that um, NBC has kind of made it clear that in this version, he's not going to be gay or coming out or anything. Well, which they're well within their rights to do. How many times has a book been adapted and they don't go exactly with uh, the even autobiographical <laughs> things or sometimes have liberties taken with it to make it more interesting? I don't have a problem with that. Um, well, OK, the, here's the reason why I have a problem with it is because of the it's like the, the term whitewashing is that how often does it happen in reverse? How often is there a story where the lead is a gay, is a straight character, and they just, and the network TV or movie producers like, let's just make this character gay now to mix it up. That doesn't seem to happen. It seems to happen more often in reverse, where you have a, a character who initially was either gay or a person of color in the source material, and it's changed to some, they change it to somebody being heterosexual or being white when uh you know uh it becomes a television show or movie that's why i think the people have a problem with it if it was happening back and forth where all of a sudden you know what and this time we're gonna make james bond's gonna have a boyfriend in this movie <laughs> that, and it's all right we're mixing it up nobody's doing or saying that so it just seems interesting that they made the choice to like have the lead character who was initially gay we're gonna have him not be gay this time around 
Well, and I and I understand that, and it makes it makes total sense. I I mean, I could go for I go for that point of view as well. I just I don't know. If to me, it just didn't. It doesn't. It didn't matter because it seemed like they were just taking liberties and went a different way with the script. But I see, I see what you're saying. But well, you tell me. Do you think though that if they had done that, how would they handle that? Wouldn't that make well, it well, all? Well, 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 yeah, I was gonna say the, the, the interesting thing about that. If they did ultimately have him come out, then I, I believe maybe they were afraid it would make the show too gay because they already have a gay character and they have a transgender character. Um, and like what you were saying, I didn't even think of the dad that maybe they could play that out with him where he might eventually come out. The dad That's of the gay what kid I on would the show. have done. Leave- and they could fold that story into. But, he, but the, the difference would be he is not the lead character. The lead character of the book turns out to be a gay man. And so he's dealing with his own coming out story while trying to basically mentor these troubled kids. Um, so that's a lot of drama in his own life. Apparently, and his kid was drinking too. So that's a lot going on. And like, we'll just remove that element. Um, but I don't think it's enough to stop anybody from watching it uh, be- uh, because of the fact that, yeah, they feel like, well, we've given you enough LGBT with this one gay kid and it's potentially, according to Tachi, gay closeted father. And then, <laughs> and then we have a transgender kid as well um, in the mix. But I just thought it was, I thought, I thought I c- we couldn't review this without talking about this phenomenon. That's true. Okay. But then you can look at it in this way too. There's one black character. And he's not even, well, I shouldn't say he's not fully black, but to me, it strikes me as he's supposed to be biracial. I could be wrong, but he strikes me as... Well, the the actor's playing his parents. We see his father in one of the meetings. His father is the African-American, and we see his mother in some kind of hospice situation. We still don't know why she's in this situation or what's wrong with her. She's also played by an African-American actress, but the actor is clearly biracial. Uh, but I think that he's just supposed to be of African American descent. He's supposed to be descent. black. Yes. And <laughs> then we have Rosie Perez, who's of color as well. And then we have some side. Oh, the principal is also of uh, African descent. And then we have just some random like kids of color that are standing around the back and the singing in the chorus, as well as when the kid who's in, I can't remember to say my life, who is the biracial kid who's the football star, when he's trying to go to an audition, uh, one of his teammates who's black basically mm-hmm. says like, hey, you know, this is important. This is my senior year. You can't be, you know, going off, you know, to rehearse a show. Well, this is my whole life. So stay and practice with me and stand those other people up for me. Just as selfish. Yes. Yeah. And he does. It's just like, all right. So, so they, so it's, it's, it's got some diversity on the show. I mean, there's, I haven't seen many Asian in that town. Diversity. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, and also, wait, wait a minute. We got to talk about the lead girl on the show. She's best. I think she's supposed to be Hispanic, Latina. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, when you look at the, and it could very well be that the d- dynamics of that town. It's a small town, and that's what it may be. But you could. You also have to think about. All right, in towns like that, there were also there was also a a lot of African Americans that came up from the south because of things like the steel industry, etc. 
cetera. So you mean to tell me that they would have had more? So that that's what I'm saying. So you can look at well, it. Well, you know what? I, I, I bet in the original source material, there probably were more ba- black characters, but they decided to go a different way and they make them not. all white. They did not. So <laughs> 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 uh, let's stop that. <laughs> They just they just decided to make a change, Tanchi. Why is it's this? What I don't see Goodness. what the problem is. You know what? Right. But no, no, no. But but your point is well taken. Your point is well taken. But maybe again, as a creative decision, um, if that's the if that's the case, then I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I and think, they creatively decided to make the cast ninety nine percent white. I think it's just a different decision. They went a different way with it. Different way. <laughs> 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 We're doing an all-white production of The Wiz. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's called The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> no, but your point is your point is well taken. Your point is well taken. I I don't know what. Yeah, here's the thing that sometimes when you're writing, even though these having a book is is one thing, there are a lot of liberties you can take in a book that you can't that you can't really do. Have you ever read the book Precious? Uh, no, I have not. Please don't if you're not in the mood for Oh, no, doom I, and could, gloom. I could barely get through the, the movie. The book I ne- is 10 times worse. Oh, oh no, I, yeah, so, I got the idea. No, everything doesn't need to, yeah, I don't need to see child abuse up close right. and personal reading it day after day. Right, now, now, granted, I am not equating that with this book, but what I'm saying is they made some creative decisions that would make it work well on screen so there were so many other things that happened in the book precious that that we didn't see so again i think this could have been a critical opportunity for them to introduce a uh lead character a gay lead character and do something interesting with it um maybe they felt but we're still dealing with audiences and that's what you have to remember at the end of the day your creative decisions don't mean a damn thing if audiences are not receptive to it so i maybe they were weighing the um i don't know whether they did or not they did any um focus groups or tests with this but maybe they were weighing audience uh reaction to so many heavy things being in the story versus getting the story out there that actually honestly i think it would have been more interesting to have the teacher be gay than to have another gay student because if you watched a, like after school specials or glee or anything you've seen you know troubled teens coming out it would be more interesting to me to see a person who is married that has three children and is a longtime public servant uh and school teacher basically have some kind of epiphany and finally decide to to have that kind of upheaval and what it does to his family to me would be more interesting than watching another you know gay teen that everybody else seems to know is gay except for the teen doesn't know or isn't ready to tell anybody yet so that to me would have been a more interesting story but again if we're talking about what audiences can tolerate and how much how much gay they can handle how much non-whiteness they can handle i'm sure nbc took all those things into consideration oh, when they made those changes absolutely when they made those changes those are the things they were thinking of is it right or is that the truth not necessarily but the media companies think about themselves first and the ability to make money first and the audience second <laughs> so it is what it is, and and hopefully, but it would have been interesting. So I'm waiting for your script to come out with the alternate version of this. 
<laughs> well, I will just basically hand them the original book. <laughs> like, make this. <laughs> wow. All right, Tachi, it's time to do that thing you know I love to do. Ask okay. you that question that people tune in to hear me ask. So, Tachi, are you going to keep watching NBC's Rise or are you going to change the channel? I am going to keep watching because I actually like this show. I am. It is not uh, high school musically, musically, I should say. It's not uh, this the teen angst, which I can't stand, like the overly dramatic teen angst, which I can't stand. Uh, it's it's teens are pretty angsty. Though. They are pretty angsty, but I think teens. <laughs> They're pretty angsty, but they're also multidimensional. They're also fun. They're also cool. They 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 are like anybody else. And I think sometimes media does a a, a good job of showing them as this one dimensional, angsty, um, mean girl, mean guy. That that they're that they are only three dimensions you can have. And and teens are so multifaceted. So I'm glad to see this. So I'm you know, going to go ahead. I do have to say something. You know what? You made brought up something really important. Uh, one thing about uh, and again, what is her name? L- uh, Liletti or whatever that girl's name is. The one who whose mother was uh, uh, Lilette. Sk- Lilette. You know, her mother was, um, you know, skankily sleeping with a, a married football coach. What I liked about when when she was confronted by the seemingly mean girl about calling her mom a slut, which is still not cool. I'm not, I'm not, you know what kids do not call people's mom sluts. Never. It's all right. The more, you know. So anyway, um, (laughs) this is an NBC show. (laughs) TV channel wants you to stop calling each other's mom sluts. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but what I what I did like was when Liletti or whatever her name is Lilette. Lilette. <laughs> when Lilette what's with the names on this show? And that's a, that's another one. On my script, everybody's name is Pam, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least her name wasn't Lilette Mazzucelli. Anyway. Exactly. So anyway, um Lilette, when Lilette actually find, she actually first she asked her mother, Is it true that people are saying that you know like, her mother's like, That's lies and then she basically uh follows her mom and catches her mom making out with the coach. And so she goes to that girl and goes, You know what? Um, you're right about my mom. Uh I'm not ha- but uh but I'm not happy about this either. So, you know, I'm like sorry. But I can't. I don't have any control over my mom. My mom isn't me. And she actually says, "My mom isn't me." Well, like she says, "I'm not my mom." Exactly. There seems to be mm-hmm. some kind of detente between them. I mean, because first of all, another thing, Lillette gets the lead role, and the other girl, who again is one of those people off, and the rest. I mean, but anyway, <laughs> she just. She is the lead in this play. She is not and the no, rest. No, no, not Lillette, but the other girl that thought she was going to. She was the lead in Greece, but when Greece got dispatched, so did she from the lead part. And now she's got some side character part. Anyway, um, so not only did her is her mother uh, and her, her, her parents' marriage breaking up, but now she's no longer the lead in the show. And the her the, the person who's banging her dad is... Her daughter is now the lead in the show that she wants to be the lead in. So she's got she's got some probs. She's but yeah what, okay. I I admit now she's a and the rest. Now she is. <laughs> yeah. So, but I do like the fact that there is a kind of detente between them after it's like you know what you were right. My mom is banging your dad, but 
too bad, so sad. I don't have any control over it. <laughs> not you know, not my bad. And she's like, like, the other I, one is like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so they're just kind of the, the, so their their feud is not. I wouldn't say it's gone, but it's it's cooled significantly. I I think you know what, uh, and the rest wanted her to do. <laughs> <laughs> Is just That's the theme to, of this show. This, this the theme of the show is and the rest. Yeah, and that and that that's her name too. So and the rest, we'll call her Anne for short. She um wanted. I think she just wanted her to acknowledge that this was happening. Oh, you know, I think that's really good. Yeah, so that was really good. But again, the way to get that acknowledged is not to confront somebody in a pep rally. And, you know, and that's another thing. She's watched too many episodes of The Real Housewives because people always confront each other with, with information at public events. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because we, there are cameras there and there's only so much damage and henchmen to uh keep not henchmen but i like that name henchmen to keep you from uh pounding somebody basically oh yeah to hold me back hold me back yeah no so i'm tachi if you're ever upset with me and you want to accuse me of something do don't do it at my baby's christening <laughs> we can, we, you can confront me any other time oh i was gonna do it right after church <laughs> So, yeah, that always bugs me. So, anyway, so, yeah, if you want to have some kind of acknowledgement of the fact that your mom's a skank, don't ask, tell somebody publicly that your mom's a slut. Again, the more you know. <laughs> I'm helping kids one ki- one kid at a time with TV channels. <laughs> I'm going to let you convince yourself of that. And um, we're- Isn't it time for you to ask me the question that America wants you to hear, and the world for that matter? Yes. Kevin, are you going yes, to Tachi? Keep, are you <laughs> are you going to keep watching or change the channel? I am I'm as shocked to say this. I can't I can't believe it, but I think I'm going to keep watching. Of course you are. I really am because now see, I like the last musical thing that I actually liked a lot was the show Smash, which was about the making of a Broadway musical. That was good. Go- yeah, Glee, I was never truly on board with Glee. I tried to watch Glee, and it was like auto-tune for Dizzy's. It was a lot of auto-tune. And they would like shoehorn these pop culture songs into like inappropriate things. You just Like you'd be in sewing class, and for some reason somebody would start singing Material Girl. I'm like, all right. Wait, so all of a sudden you guys have a sewing class just so you can sing the song Material Girl? Really? Yep. and we'll never see them in sewing class ever again (laughs) so i had a problem with that but this isn't that kind of music where people start singing out of nowhere there's not these impromptu giant dance numbers in the uh in the lunchroom or cafeteria so all of that this feels like a very very gritty it feels like it has a finger on the pulse of now what's happening in the world politically and culturally um and with some uh actually pretty decent singing thrown in too well all right so that uh, we're both thumbs up on this one we're going to keep watching and that actually that's it for us we've we've done quite a job we have we told you about our thoughts on cereal you've learned a lot today in fact most of the show was about cereal so (laughs) no longer calling your mom skanks We're, we're helping people tachi we're helping people (laughs) wow so i'll put that in the description for the show 
<laughs> any, Thank you. You're welcome. So in any case, we are, that's it for us. We are done. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you. And um, I guess, Kevin, I should tell them about how where they can find us if they want to listen yeah, to this Yeah, where can they listen to this great show? You can find us on a myriad of uh platforms including itunes which is actually apple music um or apple podcast and stitcher soundcloud and tvchanneling.com which points to our podbean page also while you're there like and subscribe on all the platforms and leave us a review we actually really love good reviews and it helps us out a lot so we would appreciate if you did that we love good reviews. Bad reviews, yeah, no, no reason for those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not saying we rock hard, but we kind of do. But anyway. Ooh, anyway, <laughs> Kevin. Yes, Tachi. <laughs> We're also on social, right? So where can they find we us? We are on, on social, and we are on Facebook. We are on the gram, known as Insta. We are on Snapchat, and we're also on my personal favorite, Twitter. And we're known as TV Channeling Everywhere. So we would love to hear from you. So if there is a show that you'd like us to review that we haven't gotten to yet, let us know. If uh, there's like a something going on in the world of entertainment that you would love to hear Tachi or my take on, Please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us on social where you can hear about the latest episodes of TV channeling. And we'd love to hear back from you and get your input on the show. Absolutely. Even about past episodes. So, oh my God. We love hearing from you about past episodes. Yeah, that would be great. And you can hear them all on the different platforms we're on, which brings us to the oh, end Oh, you of mean the show. TV channeling classic? Oh yeah. TV channeling classic. Yes. There you go. <laughs> So take a listen and feel free to drop us a line. So that's it for us, folks. We're going to let you get back to whatever it was you were doing before you were listening to us. We appreciate you. And I'm going to sign off by saying bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>